Hey, Jason here. I wanted to make a mention uh, at the beginning of this episode that uh, Vasu's audio is echoing uh, the entire time. And so uh, I didn't hear that during the recording. Uh, he could, but I was hoping it wouldn't make the episode. Unfortunately, it did. We totally understand if it's really frustrating to listen to, uh, but we didn't want to not post the episode because you know we talk about some good things as we always do. So um, give it a listen if you want. Uh, and if you uh, can make it through, you will get some good stuff. And if not, we completely understand. Uh, we'll do our best to make sure that issue does not happen again. You're listening to the Work Cultured Podcast, where good companies keep good company. Listening to the Work Culture Podcast, we have with us today Dr. Vasu Rangadas. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Excellent. He is with. Uh, he's the CEO of L7 Informatics, uh, which we'll get into as we interview. But it's um, a, an interesting structure of uh, employee mix, uh, the type of employees, and that's going to be really fascinating to get into how the different mix affects culture, if at all, different to other types of organizations. But um, Vasu, would you just kind of give us a, a quick intro of who you are, and then we'll dive on in. Sure. Sure. Um, um, yeah, L7 Informatics um, is a life sciences software company based in Austin, Texas. Um, we were started in 2011, um, and uh, we've been growing pretty rapidly the last uh, three, four years. And uh, we build software for diagnostic companies and uh, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies, companies to, to you know, do better diagnosis of patients uh, using molecular genetic technologies and also um, building drugs, which are the next generation of drugs or cell and gene therapies uh, oh, wow. to cure cancer and rare diseases. So it's a pretty exciting time. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, world-changing, literally. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, we, we don't get that every day. Um, and so you've been the this president and CEO for five years, is that right? Or just over five That's years? Correct. That's correct. Yeah, I joined in uh, late 2017, early 2018. Okay. And, and previous to that, you were a CSO, chief strategy officer for a few years, uh, and still in health. And um, it looks like you had founded a, a, a health-focused company, uh, something in healthcare. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, before this, I was founder of a company called Net.Orange, and that uh, I sold that to uh, a company called Nant Health. Okay. So I was, after the acquisition, yes, I was the chief strategy officer for a few years before I started. Gotcha. So you built up Net.Orange over an eight-year-plus span and then sold it and stayed on with them for a few years longer? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, uh, you know, on this podcast, we talk about company culture. We talk about people, how they impact the organization. And so we start off every episode asking each leader the same first question. Uh, and that kind of opens the floodgates and lets us kind of dive into other culture-centric uh, and leadership-centric questions. And so that question for you is, uh, what is a mistake that you've made in leadership that you'll never forget? 
Um, that's a, that's a <laughs> on, yeah, the spot. <laughs> on the spot. Yeah, well, yeah. There's uh, one thing that actually comes to the top of my head. I think, um, you know, you know, it's just hiring, just hiring a lot of you know smart people that are really smart at their really individual, jobs, but individual jobs but expecting them to come, to, them to, come to, to all to one company to one and they've never worked with each other before but but magically they'll all work with each other and everything will be smooth and you know go well it's i think the culture is an important pass pack Important point of how you create a culture, just individually skilled people who know their jobs really well all coming together does not make a company and does not create culture. Yeah, so they, they, they don't magically just work together. Yes, they don't magically work together. Yeah. That's a that's a wonderful insight. So in, in so one of the things I referred to earlier about the the mix of employees and, and you correct me if this is out of out of date, but it looks like close to probably 40% of your 170 employees are scientists, another 40% are engineers, and then other makes up the rest of the 20%. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that that is, is, yeah, that is, that is, that is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, that's and that's actually, actually on, on purpose, purpose. Uh, because, because we are solving very, very complex scientific problems. And so while we are a software company, our customers that we interact with are most of them are scientists or uh, you know process engineers or chemical engineers that are solving uh, you know manufacturing of drugs or creating new research of new creating new drugs or creating new diagnostic uh, assays yeah and yeah so you really need scientists to talk to scientists uh, so yeah we purposely building up uh, our mix of employees to work and understand our customers, work in the same wavelength, think like them, act like them, but also provide solutions that they need. Yeah. One of the things I find fascinating about that mix of employees, if we think about the hard wiring of individuals, the hard wiring of a scientist who's likely to be very detail oriented, um, an expert in their field, you know, very specific. Uh, you compare that to say, you know, a, a phone salesperson, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably a very different hard wiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in organizations you end up having a, usually a really wide mix of personalities of hard wiring, behavioral, uh, attributes. Um, you know, so you'll have the sales department, department, the marketing people, the HR people mm-hmm. that generally will be the outgoing, the talk at the water cooler, uh, create social events, things like that. And then you have the, whether it's an engineer or a scientist or finance department that are a little bit more serious, a little more reserved. Um, mm-hmm. but that creates a great balance because it's just a mix of personalities. And I'm curious if you see that same mix or if you see it more weighed towards the uh, expertise, you know, kind of keep to themselves types with your particular employees. 
Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's, I think it's, uh, it's a combination of it, like there's different types of uh, scientists and, but the, your observation is very, uh, you know, pretty close to reality. Uh, that, you know, scientists, they want to be very, very accurate. Uh, so when, so, but when you're actually building a software company, sometimes, you know, it is this notion of good enough because, you know, it's that old saying, right, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good and scientists are trained that yeah. if they're not perfect, don't publish it, don't tell your boss that this is the result you. till you're 100% sure that this is the result. And you don't have to be, you're not publishing in a scientific journal when you're running a software company, but there is this fine balance between sometimes what is good enough and when you need to be perfect and when good enough is okay to move on to the next step. Yeah. Do you feel like you're having to push your team more towards the good enough and that's not necessarily where they yeah, want to go. Yeah, it's not uh, 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 it's, it's more it's coaching. It's more, it's more, I don't know, to, don't know to, pushing, pushing is not a good thing because when you push something, something it's, like, it's like, it's Newton's third law, law. it'll push back at you. So you don't want to push. You want to coach, you want to, you know, cajole, guide, collaborate, and say, explain why it's, why it's, you know, this, this is where we are, or this is good enough. And are your, your folks mostly in the office, remote, a mixture of both? It's a mixture, it's a mixture of both. both. Um, we do have, we have, uh, we have this tradition in L7 where every, every Friday, Friday we have free pizza, pizza so, so people, people come, come in for in work Friday afternoon so we get to meet and interact in person. But other than that, you know, since COVID only, I would say, you know, 10 to 12 people come regular to the office. Friday is most so, but yeah. We've, we've created a, a way to work uh, virtually. So even though we have almost 40 to 50 employees in the Austin area, I don't see them all every, uh, every week or every day. So, so paint a picture for, for us of what the culture like feels like, um, in, you know, in terms of personality, um, what makes it unique, what makes you feel like it has become a really strong culture. Cause I mean, you guys, um, you know, have been listed as, you know, best places to work and in, uh, innovation, the Gartner cool vendor award. Um, you know, so you have people doing the right things for sure. And I'm curious what, that environment looks and feels like? I think the mission is, uh, is the key driver. I think we have uh, an ability to make a huge impact on health and uh, you know, wellness of society. So while we are actually not making the drugs or doing the diagnostics, our people are in constant touch with uh, Companies changing the world, right? So there, yeah. we have large companies, small companies. We have Quest Diagnostics that's coming up with you know, new diagnostic tools for better health. We have, you know, 
uh, companies that are trying to cure cancer, the next generation of drugs, we have companies that want to make uh, you know better use of our resources like water uh, and uh, less use of pesticides and uh, and fertilizer. They're coming up with new seeds that you know have better yields and. Uh, leave the world a better place. So there's a lot of exciting uh, customers that our team works with, and I think that itself is a good motivation. Yeah, you don't need you don't need other types of you know uh, gimmicks or whatever, right? It's it's, it's just the uh, the mission of the company is to make uh, science. Uh, easier to work with, easier to deal with, and a lot of customers are doing some amazing things. Yeah, are you at liberty to talk about who your customers are, or not so much? Yeah, I mean we can. Uh, I mentioned a few, but they're also on our website, so yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, who are some? Who are some that you feel like are are staple clients that you know your employees love working with? Yeah, we're a relatively, we're a relatively new, company, new company, so I don't so think we have, have you know, one, one or two at, at this point where, you know, most of most our employees are probably touching, touching several, several customers, customers in a year. So I wouldn't so I say, say there's, there's, you know, one, one or two, two but, but we have, we some, have some really big ones, ones, some really interesting ones, you know, like there's one interesting one that always... Uh, want to talk about is uh, is, a, is a food company called Nobel Foods. They're uh, they're trying to create, uh, and this was news to me, so I'm, that's why I always remember that they're trying to create Parmesan cheese and mozzarella cheese using soybean, and soybean plant because, mm. uh, and there's interesting statistics on the website that it takes several gallons of milk to create one pound of several gallons you know, of milk mozzarella cheese for our, that we use in our pizza so that's very heavy heavy toll on the on the environment heavy toll on the, on the environment so yeah, this wow. company is modifying the soy plant to actually make a milk protein to actually make a milk so the fact that it's even possible to think that way is fascinating <laughs> it is incredibly fascinating, yeah. Yeah. And, and and how do your employees interface with those clients? So our employees, so our are, employees basically are basically talking with their scientists. Their scientists uh, most, of the most of the time when they're doing the research, research some of these are regulated industries. The, the Food and Drug Administration requires them to keep all the records, the data. Uh, when they run the analysis, you know, they have to show proof of their analysis. Mm -hmm. proof, of proof of the science, and if there's an audit, audit then you will go back and say, this is what I did, and these are the results. And so there's a lot of complexity to keep all this data and these records straight. So our software allows them to uh, you know, run their experiments, capture the results, uh, store it in a way that audits are easy, show proof of um, how the experiment was done and how the results were uh, obtained. And also, in, in short, it's reproducible science. We make science reproducible by, you know, 
otherwise people people notes on notebooks and paper and then if that person leaves the company no one will understand the notebook and right so just just you know documenting creating workflows that are reproducible and you know easy to pass knowledge from one employee to another or one company to another so yeah okay uh, you know, so you're already saying so many things about what you have to do with your clients um, that match with your core values. And so um, what I found looking, you know, researching you guys, you have these three core values, increase velocity, improve efficiency, and ensure compliance. Mm-hmm. What would you say is, is an aspect of those three, which one do you think has the greatest impact? Or do you think they're all equally they're, they're all equally important because it's um, it's one without the other um, makes to me the software is it doesn't solve the whole problem because you know compliance is a, it's a it's stable stakes you can't have you can't be in a regulated environment and not be compliant with all the regulations you know and you know, increase velocity is basically do more with, you know, less resources, which is tied to the other one. So you want to do the best science at the lowest cost and still be compliant. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so many different companies have different gauntlets, different uh, hiring strategies of finding, vetting, getting the right people in the right seats. I'd imagine that yours is going to look a little bit different than you know, say the hospitality industry, uh, what, what does that look like to find the right people to bring into L7? Yeah, I think the, we have several ways of sourcing uh, new talent. I mean, we have a whole uh, department of uh, talent management, and we are constantly looking for new talent. Uh, it's, it's a very, very important part of growing as a business. Uh, and our talent management team is, you know, screening all the folks coming in, making sure there's a fit. But but there's many many sources, including our employees ourselves. We uh, we do pay referral bonuses. You know, we do have. Uh, of course, like everybody, we use LinkedIn and other other uh, sources, but. Um, yeah, we have a pretty large network of sources that we use to find. But the main thing is screening for match with the culture as well as, uh, you know, obviously capabilities are important, but we want to make sure that they match the culture of the company. What are the markers that you're looking for to see if they match the culture? I think the... We actually, we actually just rolled out, rolled out uh, you know, the employee, employee core values. values. And I think, uh, you know, we, we and then, and then the first and foremost, foremost is to be collaborative. collaborative. You, know, you know, so we, we need people who are willing to work, who are active listeners, because uh, there's a tendency sometimes among engineers and scientists, you know, you are, you're, you're you're, you already have a solution before the person's finished describing the problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so our whole 
thing is about active listening, understanding, thinking, and then coming up with solutions. So collaboration is an important, um, important attribute. And the other one is we do want people to think outside the box or willing to innovate or willing to take risks. Um, you know, and then uh, innovation, after innovation comes, you know, excellence of quality because we are in a very regulated environment. Our customers are building new drugs or coming up with new diagnostics and we can't not have quality. It's a very, very regulated industry. So we expect excellence in terms of highest quality of work. Uh, whether we're writing code or implementing our software at a customer's excellence is very important. And that fourth really is people willing to, you know, step outside of their comfort zone and be able to, you know, grow. Um, because in the startup phase, uh, you know, people can't hide in a startup company. Yeah. They should be willing to, you know, step out and, you know, not only collaborate and, you know, innovate and grow, uh, they, sorry, innovate and excel, but also be able to uh, grow as an individual, you know, make the company growth happen. So those are the key things that we're looking for. It's, uh, so we have these four core, core values that we want everybody to aspire uh, to become at L7 because startup companies are very, very hard. Uh, and unfortunately, our uh, education system doesn't train you for how to survive in a startup. Uh, the analogy I give is uh, it's like you're changing the engines of a 747 as it's flying over the Atlantic. So, uh, and you should be willing to take those risks uh, in a calm and, you know. Yeah. Uh, and not freak out about it. So because every day is could be a different day and there's a lot of turbulence and ups and downs. And you need people who can excel in these, uh, in these type of environments. Yeah, I'm curious if it's difficult to find that right fit because you know you you have uh, almost a dichotomy of you to innovate requires a level of risk tolerance, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but to be very precise, accurate, thorough, and compliant requires a level of risk aversion, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, in, in buttoning up the details. So, do you find that individuals can encompass both fully, or do you feel like it requires a team because some are going to lean more towards one or the other. It's a team effort because um, that's why we, it, it's a team effort that checks and balances because you can't have one individual who is willing to take the risk and be compliant. So we have, we have people from different backgrounds as a, as a team, we, we push and push back each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, so not, it's not, it's very difficult for one individual to have the same skills. Yeah. yeah. And how do you find out who has what? I think they'd naturally find themselves in the right departments because people who are in quality and compliance are generally 
you know people who are looking at things very differently than you know people who are in, you know, maybe in product management who want to come up with new features and, you know they might be slightly more innovative but doesn't mean quality is not innovative i'm just saying that you always have one skill that you know is more than the other like for example if i take one of these skills tests i will come across as more risk taker and more uh because as a ceo i have to sure uh, but at the same time depending on the industry you have to have checks and balances yeah yeah absolutely uh, and you feel like people i guess self select um depending on what they're going they're not going to going to apply for a job that they're not wired and sometimes sorry i need to move again i need to charge my phone but uh, no i think the self selection happens uh but sometimes learning happens as well so the learning is as important as the selection because it doesn't mean that the selected as uh but you can definitely learn um, and what what because some of these things can be taught it's not like you're born with sure sure yeah yeah that makes sense and then once once they once they kind of come in um you're you're checking for a values alignment they obviously have to have the skill set and i'm just i'm ignorant uh, to how that would work how do you verify that a scientist can science <laughs> i think um it's obviously there's a lot of interviews and all the, the usual processes that we go through but i think it like we said earlier it is self selecting you know after a while after a year or two you know folks will realize whether uh, as a scientist do i want to go back to the bench and do science or do i want to work in a software company and influence and change the way science is done globally so yeah and and we've been very fortunate a lot of the scientists who worked in the bench and came work for L7 i have not seen many of or any of them leave at all they're very happy uh, talking to scientists and changing the way science happens all over the world yeah that's interesting because i bet many of them had no idea they'd end up in the seat that they're in with you um mm-hmm. you know they're going through all of their extended um you know education masters doctorates what what however far they go and they assume well I'm a scientist I'm going to be in the scientific field and then you know, maybe they maybe they sought you out maybe they stumbled upon you but it sounds like once they're in they find themselves very happy and don't want to kind of go back so to speak Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think there's truth to that I and mean, I think you know um, I think they do get enough science at L7 so keeps their the science part of the brain happy I mean, sure yeah yeah and then there is the 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 excitement of working for a company that's you know adding 50 60 100 people every year which you don't find in a science lab of course you can do that in a pharmaceutical company or a biotech company uh where those companies are growing as well but uh it's different kinds of stress you know it's a biotech company 
that's trying to come out with a molecule, you come out with a molecule, you're dosing patients, if the patients don't, nothing happens or they die or they don't have no significance, then it has to be shut down. Whereas, to me, a software company, if you know how to execute your plan, it's a much more, much more stable than a biotech company, which is, yeah. which is of course, much more riskier than an academic research lab, which is has its own treasures of writing grants and making sure you get grants. So there's no easy place to hide in this world. <laughs> right. Risk-wise, I can think of all, all places to have equal, if not different types of risk. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I know um, only a handful of, of folks that are very much in the scientific field. Um, I have a, a friend who's a nuclear and particle physicist, and his job is completely dependent on government funding. And mm -hmm. so you know, every four years, he's like, well, Mike's still going to have a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so no, it's, it's its own risk. Yeah. And it depends on who, who, who's sitting in the White House, whether mm -hmm. there's grants or no grants. There's a lot yeah. of <laughs> risk everywhere. Yep. Now, I mean, how does that feel for you? I mean, it's got to feel pretty good that you've created a space, not only for the impact that, that you and your clients are having, but that the people that come in are experiencing something altogether different than what they uh, expected they would experience in their career and they're sticking around. Uh, yeah, I think we, uh, I think they're, like I said earlier on, I think they're, um, folks these days need to have some, some kind of, it's not just about money, right? It's about what impact they're having on the world. It's always, uh, um, it's a secondary, secondary voice in their head, and it's mm -hmm. an important voice. Uh, and I think, I think the fact that, that we do have a, a fast-growing software company, company that we feel is like doing a lot of innovative, cool things for our customers, um, I think checks multiple boxes. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. What challenges are you facing, uh, particularly around the culture? I mean, I'm, you know, the software and every, um, has, I'm sure, its own challenges. But um, as far as the people and the growth that you're experiencing, what challenges are you running into? I think we are at a stage where those challenges are fairly minor. Um, yeah. We have about 170 to 180 people. The problems start when you reach, you know, three, four hundred. Where, um, you know, that's when. I've seen the problems really start. I think we are small enough right now that we're able to handle handle most issues, but the it's important to lay the groundwork and the culture and the type of managers and the type of, um, you know, um, how do you deal with uh, adversity? How does a manager deal with adversity? Those are issues that get worse when you have many, many new managers. When we started, I was, you know, when I joined, it was eight people. So it's much easier. And it was a very flat organization. That's when you start creating hierarchies. And then there's, that's when more issues start up. So that's why we're creating this uh, core values and culture and talent management are pretty high on our list of things to do. And, that's excellent. Uh, 
So those uh, will hopefully pay off as we go from 200 to 500 over the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's the hope is to um, double, triple in size over the next few years? Yeah, that's yeah, our that's hope. Our yeah, absolutely. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Do you think it'll be the same mix of uh, scientists, software engineers, and other? Yes, yes, I think that is uh, that is key that is for, us for us to continue to maintain because mm-hmm. uh, you know our product name is ESP, which stands for Enterprise Science Platform, and uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, it needs to be built by scientists for the scientists and implemented by the scientists. Of course, you need the the software engineers to make sure that it is architected and built right, but you need to have people who are experienced in science and pharmaceuticals and biotechnology to be a key contributor to the growth of health. Yeah, absolutely agree, yeah. Um, Before we kind of move to the next uh, section and and kind of begin wrapping up, is there anything... uh, just really big that you you feel like you want to get out there something either about uh, the culture there or just ex- your experience in leadership that you know you would love the world to hear about to have a better understanding of. Yeah, I think. Um, should I say it? I think most people make too many knee-jerk reactions, and I think we have. This is my third startup, so I have a much more uh, experience and learnings from the last two experiences. So I have a I have a much more calmer demeanor. I know exactly what works and what doesn't work. So it's it's, it's a little easier this time around. Yeah. You know, in terms of. Uh, you know, so the type of reactive. people to hire, you know, who is going to work out, who is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And people make mistakes, and I think in a startup, it's, uh, it's very difficult not to make mistakes. But you need to quickly turn around and address those issues, either, you know, coach the people and tell them there's what expected, or, you know, part ways, but the longer you wait, the worse it gets. Like, you know, bad culture is, is like a fast growing tumor. It gets worse and worse till it kills you. So it's, it's, uh, especially in a startup, it's very important to fix it. I think our connection just, uh, hiccuped yeah, a little bit. A small blip. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, I think I, I think we're back. I, I was yeah. I was I didn't hear you for that last second there, but you can hear me now. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. Okay, good, good. Well, um, man, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, do you have anything, uh, project or idea that you want to just plug? Uh, you know, advertise here with us. Hmm. I wasn't, I have nothing else in mind. I mean, I think it's, uh, as we grow, uh, one of the things that we really want to do is get 
a lot of the you know the, the younger you know most of the people that we hire have very senior people right now or at least get several years of experience as we grow we want to hire more university graduates and, okay uh, especially you know that's one of the reasons why I love Austin is you know a lot of talent that um, you know we'd love to get more younger talent from the Austin area to come join our company and you know it's easier to mold you know uh, as we grow and we have more senior people who can mentor uh, younger uh, employees at this stage of the company we always hire more senior people because you know otherwise it puts a double burden you know you don't only have to do the job you have to mentor but as we grow we really want to bring in more you know talents you know students who are just graduated and yeah so yeah folks listening out there I'd love to right love to have you at Tel 77 yeah that's really cool uh, i hope you are able to bring in like that multi generational workforce mm-hmm. um well, so the way we end off is we, we do just a, a kind of a fun quick fire, a this or a that, right? So I'll just say a couple words. Uh, you tell me which one you would choose, and uh, we have five of them, and then we'll close out, okay? Sounds good. All right, so uh, a hard copy book or an audio book? Hard copy. Yeah. Uh, phone call or text message? Phone call. Phone call. Mountains or beach? There's plenty of places you can see both. You can, you can. You can see both. Absolutely. Um, if you're not a nerd, this won't, mo- won't make any sense. But uh, DC or Marvel? Marvel. Okay, good, good. And then the last one, uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. 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 All right. Uh, well, thanks for that. Uh, we just like to end off a little bit silly and lighthearted. Um, Dr. Fasu Rangadas of L7 Informatics. Uh, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate all your time. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Excellent. All right. Well, all right. Um, this is the Work Culture Podcast signing off. Bye for now.